Gotham, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you about to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. DC Universe, welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Gotham, episode 21. We are now legally allowed to drink within the state of New Jersey. That's phenomenal. I think that's actually true for the rest of the country as well. We are a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. I am your co-host from the state of pork roll, egg, and cheese. I'm Peter M. Vera, and today we are recording on November 24th, 2020. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before we get into the good stuff, I would like to remind all of our faithful listeners that if you take the time to rate and review our show on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on the air, we will send you a special prize pack. Now, let me introduce you to my co-host, the man who defeated Don Rickles in the 2004 Mineola Diner Green Bean Casserole Eating Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, the most thankful man on Long Island, Eric Holzman. Oh man, bringing up some old memories. Uh, cool, cool, cool story. Hello, everyone. First, sorry, but really quick, cool story. My uh, my father actually went to grammar school with Don Rickles. So this is a rivalry that's been going on for a long time between you guys. Yes, I felt bad taking advantage of him at that time in his old had his old age, but hey, you know, I'm in it to win it, so hey, I don't give a damn. You're you're a grown boy. You got to eat. Hey. <laughs> And I, the, the funny thing is, I don't even like green bean casserole, but hey, you know me. If someone puts a challenge down, I'm going to I'm gonna accept. You got to be in it to win it, baby. So definitely. So how are you, Peter? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, I'm just, I'm excited for today. We've actually got a really special guest, uh, probably one of the best hot takes on Twitter. And uh, I'm really pumped to actually get him on air. And I'm finally excited to hear the guy's voice. <laughs> yeah, we both have had, uh, we've had some conversations with this man. So why don't you go ahead and introduce uh, the editor-in-chief of Geeks Worldwide, Mr. Casey Walsh. Casey, welcome to the program. Thank you, you guys. You guys are going to have huge ratings this uh, this episode. It's going to be the biggest episode of uh, Straight Outta Gotham to date. Uh, hopefully it's going to – I mean, I got a feeling it'll turn into a hater's ball. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to it. I'll be as I'm gonna try to be as good as possible. I promise. No, I want it raw. I want it raw and ready, man. Like I want, <laughs> I want ahead, your Casey Walsh. You know, like it's uh, you and your boy Moon on Twitter. Uh, I really dig what you guys do. Um, oh, Chris. You, yeah, he's he's a funny dude. His video game takes are great, and I just I, I love listening to him. I didn't know his name his real name until just now, so I appreciate that. But um, <laughs> I feel bad because I feel like I've I've. Uh... I've uh, what do you, what's the word uh, tainted him <laughs> before he's, he's such a nice man. Uh, now now I feel like I've given him like carte blanche to just be like just be an asshole or just be a <laughs> I, see I I already messed up the not cussing in two minutes just be a yourself and don't allow these crazies on the internet to, to dictate who uh, what you have to say. Yeah, no, he's legit. Um, I'm a big fan of your site. I mean, if you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you guys do over there, uh, floor's yours. Sure, yeah. So I am the uh, editor-in-chief, whatever that means, of Geeks Worldwide, uh, thegww.com. We basically are like a genre nerd site and cover 
everything from video games to comic books to entertainment news and tech. Um, so if you guys are interested in that stuff, go out. We have a great community on Discord. Check us out there. Um, I'm always happy to I mean, bring on new faces. I like bringing on uh, and training new writers and, and people who are interested in the industry. Um, it's a completely like open and welcome community. Despite my personal views on certain things in movies, I do not discourage anyone uh, from joining our site. And I, I welcome all points of view as long as they are factual and have some basis in reality. Yeah. Uh, that's what I like most about you guys is uh, you guys are real. Uh, you guys don't, uh, you know, there's not much click. There's no clickbait. There's no false headlines. Like you guys do it the right way. And uh, you know, I feel like sites like yours are few and far between these days. So yeah, we appreciate I, what you do. And you know, I honestly, I got to give a shout out to, um, to a guy named Chris. He, he, he used to write for a mega underground. I think he, he writes for Ronin now or his own site um and he he kind of we kind of brought them on board and he that was really kind of his thing is like let's let's make these headlines like visible and and same same with a guy named thomas polito let's just let's make sure that that even if someone just wants to read the headline they can like i and granted i i I never check metrics for our site i don't know how many people (laughs) visit it i don't really care um i do the site for the people who write for the site i like Mm -hmm. giving people a voice i like giving them an opportunity and whether people other people read that or not i don't care or know that i leave that up to our site owner owner whose name is joe um that's that i leave that business up to him my job is just to make sure that there's content there and that the content is interesting yeah well you guys do a fa- you do a fantastic job so just kudos to you and uh i mean i always love checking out how you take down the trolls it's it's one of my it's one of my favorite twitter hobbies and my my buddy garrett loves it too like it's like we we definitely talk about it like dude did you see what he said to this guy and it's like oh it's yeah. great yep <laughs> so we all it's we all funny. appreciate that it's funny it's we, not we like it's, i again okay so i this is I, it gets me in trouble at home so i have a <laughs> i guess you'll call it a, i have a vulcan brain so my the way my my brain works is it, it is completely logic based. I have I have very little emotion. I get very little. I don't I don't I rarely get upset. I rarely get mad. I don't let I rarely get happy. I rarely let emotion dictate my actions or my words. And I That's I perfect run. For Twitter. I know. I run. <laughs> I try to run things on like facts and statements and like what what's the reality or the common sense of the situation. And so when people throw in ideas that just don't mess with logic. It drives me up a wall and I cannot, my brain just cannot comprehend it. And I have to take it down. I have to. Um, and, and it gets me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> it gets me in trouble on Twitter. As I like, it gets me in trouble with my wife because we get, you know, I get in arguments at home. It's like, what, what you're saying does not make sense. And here's, here's X reason. Here's reasons A, B, C, and D, Y. <laughs> and so, and then she's like, yeah, but you know what, this is how I feel. And you should just, take that and again i just i just short circuit and i'm like oh okay sure and then i just ignore it and move on with my life but um so that's kind of how i approach life and twitter as well so yeah if if people come at me with just hearsay and like oh here's what i think or here's what i believe or here's what i want to happen that does not mesh does not mesh with me i don't work on belief i don't work on fantasy i work on reality and i work on logic and if you don't have those things then don't even bother bringing them to my table I'm similar. I'm very similar in that way. Uh, I do let the emotion get to me sometimes, though. So uh, I'm pretty good at reading something. And I'm always, with a lot of the situations, I'm always like, well, let's just wait till all the facts come out, right? Like, that's what a logical person does. 
you wait till you get all the information and then you can make, you know, give your opinion. Uh, not on but, Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there are, there, I try not to let people get to me, but there are times where people do get under my skin. And then after I'm done, I'm like, that was such a waste of time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, so. I, I feel you. Like the thing that I just hate, I hate lying and I hate uh, stupidity. So I always say, I always say like stupid or liar, like either you're just dumb or you're lying. And those are the really the only two options I have for you. So you're either going to fall in the liar category or the stupid category. And that is really your choice. So if, um, if you don't like that, then come bring, bring facts, bring evidence to the table, bring facts to the table, bring common sense to the table. And I'm more than happy to have a conversation about those things. But if you're just going to come at me and say, well, uh, I, I really believe this is going to happen. And, uh, well, uh, I, I really think like this is going to happen. And well, he said this, so we know this is happening. Mm, no, 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 no. Those are not facts. Those are not evidence. That's hearsay. That's hearsay. Yeah. No, uh, you sound like a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all, that's all I got. I was like, well, you, you just leave it all on the table. And I, I appreciate that. I just think people get too wrapped up in fandom. Like I, I, I am certainly oh, yeah. a fan of things. Absolutely. I, I, I love comic books, all comic books. I love everything about comic books. I love superheroes. I love everything about superheroes. It does not matter what company they're from. It does not matter who writes them. It does not matter who directs them. It doesn't, I don't care about any of that stuff. Yeah. It's either good or it's not. And, mm-hmm. and, it, and if you allow your fandom to blindside your your common sense then you're like i just don't have time for you like it's no, not I get it. like I hear you. fair you I know mean, what i mean like yeah we me and eric just agree on stuff all the time it's just <laughs> mostly it seems like we get into really heated arguments over like mcu spider-man that's like that's, that's like one, yeah yeah that's like the one thing where it's like i'm not budging we're not you know so like we all have our take but it's just personal preference you know so and see i i take things like individually so i mean we were t- talking about Zack snyder before this one so i'm we're gonna start digging that hole i guess um i don't think Zack snyder is a bad dude i don't think he's a bad director i don't think all of his movies are bad but like you can't just blanketly say that everything Zack snyder touches is gold it's not true yeah. it's not fair and it's a disservice not only to Zack Snyder, but also to everyone else that works on those films and has those projects and, and, and puts hands on those things. Um, especially when he's like when people give him credit for things like Wonder Woman or like things that he was like an EP on. Like, give me a break, dude. Like you're saying like Patty Jenkins didn't like wasn't involved. Yeah. Like yeah. it doesn't make sense. Like, come on. No, so I, I mean- People have their blind bias and they just go about things. I mean, you know, I give him credit for the casting. That's about it, to be brutally honest with you. Like he cast her in BBS. So, but like, yeah, in I, Wonder I, Woman itself, like he, he's got no control. It's like, you know, Burton was an EP on Batman Forever and he had like no say in that movie at all. So, yeah, again, it's just a lot of people. Again, I don't know what, what happened with Twitter or social media in general, but everyone seems to be a film expert all of a sudden. And they throw around words like EP and producer, like they know what those jobs entail and most of the time they're completely wrong and I, my new favorite one is like oh an ep on tv is the same thing as an ep on a movie mm, no it's not I've it's completely different yeah. um and and in fact an ep on a on a tv is essentially a writer like that's the that's the title they give writers on 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 tv programs because they can't name 20 writers for every tv show so okay. one writer gets the main credit and then every other writer in the writer's room gets an ep credit mm-hmm. it's 
it's simple. From, from my yeah. knowledge, an EP on a movie is essentially like here's a here's a check for your past work. Like that's it's, kind of that's kind of how majority I of the time, it. yeah. And, and usually that that check is included because you cast a character or mm-hmm. you initially like built the foundation of which the sequels are on or et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, they're, it's contractual in the yeah. majority of the case. A la John Peters, <laughs> who's, yeah. who's the greatest EP in the history of movies, in my opinion. Like the guy just gets checks. So like, I'm like, God, God bless John Peters. I wish I had that life, you know, <laughs> to go from the hairdresser to the executive producer in Hollywood. Like that's Americana right there. I'm just a nutshell. Yeah. With, with regards to Zack Snyder, I, I, I'm really amazed where we've, how far we've come with that thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't have like for the people who want who wanted this this Snyder cut and all that stuff. I you know what? Good for you. You got it. It's coming out. I hope you enjoy it. But the the everything behind that and how we got here, I still to, to this day I can't believe that from one really one movie, all of this has happened. It's kind and, of nuts. Uh, yeah, it's just a crazy crazy time that we've had these past what three four years. Um, but again, we'll, we'll find out soon if all of it was worth it, I guess we'll find out, uh, sometime early next year, I'm assuming. Yeah. When I that mean, comes out, so. When it comes to Snyder, I mean, like if you liked his other stuff, I'm sure you'll like this. If you're a fan of uh, BVS and Man of Steel, I'm sure you'll be a fan of that. And that's kind of where it is. If you didn't like it, you're probably not going to like it. Like there's, I feel like there's no middle ground with Snyder. It's, it's either you like him or you don't. Yeah. I, I don't think work. justice league is going to like change everybody's mind all of a sudden <laughs> like it's, it's not happening um and 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 again this idea that it's going to be like this massive like thing for hbo max and it's going to save the service and blah 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 like I, I again we talked about this before we started recording but like go ask five of your neighbors and ask and see if anything any one of them knows what the Snyder cut is or cares and i guarantee you you're gonna go over five <laughs> so um I, it's a it's a niche product and i and again, I I don't mind Zack Snyder, and I, I think there's definitely a place for him in, in in comic book films. And I think that there are certain projects that he would excel at. For example, Squadron Supreme seems built for a Zack Snyder. Um, Batman and Superman, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I it's weird because like like you, I'm a big comic book guy. Like. Uh, graphic novels trade paperbacks i've got 36 long boxes in my basement like i've i just it's just another take like there's always a new writer there's always a new artist they're always doing their interpretation and his take is just a take to me so like when his take is over i assumed it was over after you know uh, the theatrical cut of justice league i moved on and i was ready for the next thing which was matt reeves the batman and that's really it but uh it's it's interesting to me how people just have not moved on at all and uh for whatever reason but like like eric said earlier like hey look you got it i hope you're happy with it just you know, just don't go around harassing people for more because it doesn't. I, I just don't oh, think there's really it's never going to end. It'll be interesting. <laughs> It'll be interesting. That's what I'll say. But well, the people will speak, I guess, like they always do. Yeah. The reason we're doing this in the first place is because the people spoke the first time, and now the people will speak again. Not us, because again, people who like comics are probably going to watch this thing. Either out of curiosity or the fact that you really want it. But it's going to be the the mainstream audience, which always decides everything in this in these cases about what the reception for this will be, and then the impact it's going to have going forward. Money talks. So, so, so here's my take money. on the mainstream audience. I think Wonder Woman eighty four is going to kill the Snyder Cut, and the reason is is because Wonder Woman eighty four is a four quadrant movie, and that is it's a family film, it's a it's a it's a female film, it's yeah. a male film. 
everyone can enjoy Wonder Woman 84. Mm-hmm. The Snyder Cut is a niche product. So when they are making comparisons on what product does better, Wonder Woman 84 or the Snyder Cut, Wonder Woman 84 is going to trounce the Snyder Cut in subscriptions and views. And when that happens, WB is going to look at that and be like, mm, all right, well, I guess we're going to spend more money on Wonder Woman 84 and less on whatever Snyder wants to do next. And I yeah. think that the the HBO Max uh, situation is going to hurt the Snyder Cut more than it's going to help it. Because, yeah, granted, it, it can certainly bring in um, viewers to, to stick around for the Snyder Cut. But I, I guarantee you 99.9% of those people were going to do it anyway. And the people, I even, I'm even considering the fact that like 99% of the people who own HBO Max or who are Snyder Cut fans or Snyder fans already own HBO Max. So like the, they're not going to see this giant like bump in subscribers. Like you have to take uh, Disney Plus's Hamilton as, as that's kind of like the bar right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if Wonder Woman or Snyder the Snyder Cut don't kind of match what Hamilton did for Disney Plus. HBO Max is going to look at this and be like, oh, maybe this was a failed experiment. Possibly. I mean, I just it, it, Wonder Woman one, I guess that's what we'll call it, was just such a, a success financially, critically, like everyone loved it. And, you know, essentially Zach had two movies that, you know, while BVS made money, they thought Man of Steel underperformed and they both underperformed critically. So it, if you tell me that Wonder Woman's going to be this huge hit, I'd be like, well, yeah, that's just that's, of course, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how it does critically because I, you know, I hear things and I, I talk to people who go to these test screenings and oh boy, the test screenings for that thing were very mixed. I mean, I'm sure it'll be as controversial as BVS was. I mean, that's what I'm going into thinking. I, th- I'm going into it thinking it's going to be more of what I've already seen. You know, it's, 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 it's going to be longer. It's a. Com- oh, I'm, t- I'm sorry. Wonder Woman. 80, I thought you were talking about the Snyder Cut. I was. Woman- so I just feel like Snyder's just, Snyder's Justice League is just going to be more of what I saw in BVS. Right, yeah. yeah. I, I don't disagree. I, I don't know how much more he's going to add to that stuff besides some character development that is definitely needed, but again, it was, could have been handled in solo films. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. No, I, I mean, I I don't talk to as many people as you, but I've heard similar things about Wonder Woman 84, uh, it being kind of a mixed bag. It's so. just a completely different movie. Like, if you, yeah. if you, if you liked Wonder Woman and loved kind of the the pathos of that movie and the, and the kind of dark overtones and like this backdrop of world war one mm-hmm. wonder woman 84 is going to be jarring for you because it is a full on like comic book movie. It has a magic stone. It has this over the top, like corporate villain. Uh, yeah. And then it has like this over the top, like CGI, like super villain um, who basically comes in at the, in the third act and also does a lot – I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it has a lot of the unpopular sequel tropes that we kind of, we've kind of moved past since the 90s. Okay. Um, so, it, again, it's going to be really interesting to see the reception of that movie because I think, again, it looks amazing. It looks beautiful. It's shot wonderfully. Mm-hmm. I love the color. I love the, the time period. You. But I just don't know how – like it's just going to be a complete 180 from the first film at ton- yeah. ton- tonally. I, I also feel like because of the delays and everything, whereas like, you know, 80s nostalgia was so big, like back when Stranger Things hit and like a few years ago, but because of all the delays that they put in, in the production of the virus, it's just, it's weird how we're getting this like very nostalgic movie, but we, I feel like we've kind of moved on past the 80s nostalgia. So I'm wondering what that kind of effect will have. 
I think that's part of the reason they put it on Max. They just had to. It, it was just they hit their deadline and they just had I to agree. put it out. That and it's like for me, I'm I'm always wondering like the domino effect of like, well, if we can't get Wonder Woman three and they can't get that started until Wonder Woman two comes out and people have seen it, you know, it's just it it's like this weird placeholder where like I would love to see it theatrically, no doubt about it. Like I'm a movie nerd, I love going to the theater, I love my Sprite, I love my popcorn, and I love sitting in that chair. But it's just like, what am I supposed to do with this virus going on? Like at this point, I'm just like, I want to see it. And HBO Max just makes sense to me. And if they want to funnel in all the, all those people to try to get it and they don't want to release another platform, so be it. Like it's their product. Let them do what they want with it. Well, yeah. And you also have to look at the WB's production calendar at this point. Because I mean, yeah. now their, their Black Adam is probably a 2024 movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know when they're going to announce new stuff because I don't I, – <laughs> you're start announcing stuff for 2025 like that's crazy, it is um, crazy. so it, it's 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 really kind of put w it's put all the studios in this tight tight spot and i kind of am waiting for the marvel shoot a drop on on black widow as well because as much as they keep beating the drum that that's going to be a theatrical release and they're not putting it on disney plus i think again soul i think is their testing ground for that thing mm-hmm. and if soul like kills it uh uh in in december and uh, they're still looking at theaters being closed next summer. Uh, then they've got to put Wonder, they got to put Black Widow out. Um, yeah, on, no, I on, agree. On Disney Plus, because Black Widow also feeds right into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So they can't like they, it's again they have this like deadline where they just can't keep pushing stuff back. Mm-hmm. It is a unique time, and uh, you know everyone's doing what they can, and these production companies are doing what they can to sur- survive. I mean, it's just nuts. Like I feel like every other. Every other week, we hear about more layoffs at Time Warner or AT and whatever the hell that company's called anymore. I don't even remember Warner Media. Warner Media, yeah. Like it's just it's uh it's an interesting time period, and it's sad to see all these people lose their jobs. But it's like they there's no revenue coming in, so it's it's they're pulling out all the stops, I guess. Yep, and I was one of the ones. I was I've been pretty vocal about this. I didn't want this to happen. I wanted it to be a theatrical release, but I understand it. You know, um, I still have the option, at least right now, theaters are still open in New York. So we'll see what happens in, in by Christmas. Uh, they might not be, but if they are, I probably will go see it in the movie theater. Um, God bless I'll you. My anxiety will not let me do that. Dude, <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky enough that I can get to the comic book store on Wednesdays to pick up my books. <laughs> As a person who is not a fan of going to a movie theater, I am like more than happy that they put stuff, stuff on stream and I can watch it from my house. Yeah, so I, mean, I, 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 I'm not a big movie theater guy anymore. I've been, well, you know, going to screenings and every other week and seeing movies in the movie theater for however many years. I'm totally fine with my 70 inch 4K TV and surround sound system to just sit back on my couch oh, and watch, watch a movie. Jeez. That's huge. <laughs> That's a nice size TV. Yeah, I just like the experience, but I get it. You know, if you look. If you're tired of it, you're tired of it. Yeah, I mean, paying cool. paying twelve dollars for a hot dog and, and nine dollars for a coke, and then having some kid on an iPad next to you watch uh, a movie while his his parents enjoy an R-rated flick is always a, a good time at the theater. <laughs> that's that's legit true story that happened to me. Legit at, at a screening, no less. At a like press screening, some moron brought their three year old kid. I think it was to like the Meg. It was something like that. It was some movie where you're not bringing a three-year-old to. Mm-hmm. Plopped them on an iPad, and the kid just watched the iPad. Sound up the oh, entire God, movie. Man. 
And I was like, oh, God, I hate this so much. <laughs> well, yes, I would probably feel the same way if that happened. So, uh, it yeah, also doesn't help that I generally just do not like people. So <laughs> it doesn't bode well for me. I mean, who needs them, right? When, when you get I, Twitter, you don't have to interact with people. Who needs them? Right, right. I like my kids somewhat. I love my wife a lot. And outside That's of that, like, fr- yeah, friends and family, it can come and go. But, um, yeah, I'm not a people person. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's all. That's good to know. But I'm glad you came on our show. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we made the cut. <laughs> Just barely. Uh, I, had to do, I had to do a good Google search on you guys, and luckily, I, I saw good things. <laughs> not much is coming up. I'd say that. <laughs> yeah, not recently, anyway. There's yeah. not, not, a lot, not a lot's been going on. So recently, you'd, we'd be clean. Yeah, maybe oh, my man. interview with Tara Strong. That's about it. Yeah. Hey, uh, so when is this podcast going to drop? Uh, a couple days. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys want to hear something I just caught um, from one of my sources? Sure. Breaking news. Well, out. So I, we, we, you guys talked about Spider-Man earlier. And Spider-Man mm-hmm. 3 is currently filming in Atlanta. Yes. Um, and I heard this a few weeks ago, and I just kind of been waiting on pins and needles to hear back from this guy. Um, so we know it's going to be a pseudo multiverse film. We know Jamie Foxx is returning. Mm-hmm. Um, who else do we know is coming back? It's rumored that Andrew and Toby are coming. I don't think Toby's coming back. And I, we can talk about that a little bit later, too. Uh, reasons why I don't think Toby's ever coming back to be Spider-Man. But so uh, a few weeks ago, I heard or from a source that Alfred Molina was oh. on the set um, filming a big giant um, stunt set piece, and he has now completed that filming. Oh, Interesting. Wow. Interesting. So it sounds like Alfred Molina will be returning to Spider-Man Three. I pr- assume uh, as Doctor Octopus. Now, again, uh, we don't know how these multiverse roles are filling out. We don't know if he is like the Doctor Octopus from Toby's universe that's transferred to the MCU. Or if he's just Dr. Octopus again in this universe and they're just kind of reusing that character. But I can seemingly pretty much confirm that it sounds very much like Molina will be a part of this movie as well. That's great. I mean, his, his, I mean, I still think Spider-Man 2 is like the best Spider-Man movie made. So like, and his, his character is a huge part of that, but that's, that's just great news. I mean, I feel like it's similar to what they're going to do with JK Simmons, where it's the same actor in a different type role, you know, like, or d- different interpretation. But like, I mean, I, I know nothing. That's just kind of what I've seen from just pre- the previous film, but especially with Jamie Foxx too. It'd be cool. I, I think he deserves retribution. Like Amazing 2 wasn't his fault, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards the multiverse thing. And again, I, this comes from kind of like rumblings and whispers that I hear mm-hmm. that like basically the MCU is breaking it out into kind of different sections. So mm-hmm. you're going to get like a, you're gonna like a multiverse MCU. It's gonna really focus on like the multiverse aspect stuff. You're gonna get like a more like Inhumans kind of like grounded MCU. It's where the Inhumans are gonna be play a role, and it's gonna be more like a grounded kind of like Earth-based thing. And then you're gonna get like this uh, horror like aspect of the MCU, which will be like Blade and Moon Knight, and and it, hmm. it may and that may even possibly be like a more of adult like turn towards the MCU. Okay. So I think. I think and 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 Feige kind of hinted at this, like when they were wrapping up like the Infinity Saga, he kind of said, "Yeah, you know, we're gonna go back to more like 
personal stories, more like grounded stories, and, and less of this giant like cosmic epic. So I that's love what that. it, sound, it sounds like to me is like you're gonna get like these different kind of factions of the MCU, and then eventually, I'm sure they'll all come together for I don't know maybe a Secret Wars event on Disney Plus. Oh, that would be fantastic! I'd love some kind of Secret Wars event. Really mm. would. Maybe and, and then uh, I, it, nothing would make me happier than to see Peter, uh, you know, inherit that's that black suit during the Secret Wars. That would be yeah, something that, special. Again, I the Venoms, it, it's it's all going to get very interesting, and I, it kind of sucks that we've had to like wait because we shouldn't know by now. But like, it, it sounds so much like the the Sony verse is just, it's going to just mesh itself right into the MCU. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there was like a Venom costume leak um, for like a Halloween costume. Yeah. You yeah. saw and, that. And I did it, not see that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it has, and the Venom suit has the Spider-Man symbol on it. Oh, he does. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my, my thinking is like, maybe like, I don't think maybe they don't interact because I mean, Hardy is in San Francisco, right? So maybe they don't interact yeah. directly, but maybe like Tom Hardy sees like Spider-Man or Venom on or Spider-Man on TV and the Venom character is like, oh, I dig that. And they kind of like inherit those traits. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see how those things kind of mesh. And then we also saw like in Morbius, there's that Spider-Man kind of mural in the background yeah. or whatever. So And Keaton's in it too. Keaton popped up as well. And Ke- Yeah, Keaton. So that's why I think I, they're definitely kind of leaning into this like multiverse idea. And I think... Um, that that's all going to kind of come to a head in Doctor Strange too, uh, which I'm really fingers crossed. And I I heard this back when Derrickson was on board, and this is one of my favorite villains, and it's so out of the box. I love it. I really hope the villain of that movie is Shimu. Okay, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. I'm I, I wasn't the first Doctor Strange. Like I just I wasn't a huge fan of it. I felt like. Uh, the cape really took me out of the movie a lot of times trying to be like Aladdin's carpet. I just felt like, and this, this is my, usually my issue with the MCU is that it, it tries too hard to be too funny when it doesn't need to be. So at certain times it really takes me out of the film, but like hearing Raimi involved with the second one really gets me interested. Yeah. And I honestly, I think, I really think they're going to bring Raimi back to do Spider-Man again. Um, I think this is kind of, Dr. Strange is kind of maybe his testing ground to see how he works with the, with the MCU and, and all that stuff. But, I could totally because I mean, uh, what's his name? John? Is it Watts? Right? John yes, Watts. John Watts. So I, I again, directors tend to do a trilogy, so I don't think Watts is going to move on to four. Okay. So I could totally see them bringing in Raimi and be like, "Hey, let's put you back in Spider-Man, and let's give you let's give you a proper Venom." So to work with. if you're if you're telling me there's a possibility of a Raimi directed Spider-Man film, why won't Tobey Maguire return with his older? All record? right. So. <laughs> All right, a couple things. Uh, Toby Maguire is a notorious d bag. Okay. Um, I don't have you. Uh, have you seen Molly's Game? I have not. No. Eric? Okay. So, so I, yes. I recommend. Okay. So Molly's Game. You remember Michael Sarah's character? Mm-hmm. That's Toby Maguire. Oh boy. Yes. So Toby Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Maguire was hated. Hated on the sets of Spider-Man. The, the crew didn't like him. He was uh, notoriously late to set, would uh, complain about everything, wouldn't do costume fittings, wouldn't do CGI scans. Really? Just was an all-around pain in the butt. Um, and it essentially got him blacklisted from Hollywood. Notice he has not done yeah. a lot. Um, and again, I just... 
knowing Raimi and knowing Feige, I just do not see them you bringing that headache into their life. Um, now, could they back up a truckload of money to Toby's house and say, hey, we just want you for a couple of scenes? Shh, they absolutely could, and I could totally be wrong. I Absolutely. That's, I feel but, like that's what, they did, uh, what WD did with Affleck and Flashpoint. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But what, what also, that, that's a good point. So what they also did too is they gave him the script. And I think part of that reason he's back for Flashpoint is because he's going to make it his swan song. And he's going to give himself a proper exit from the DCEU. And then he's going to wipe his hands with it and be done. Um, and I, I think that was 90% of the reason they got him back. Now with Toby, Which is interesting because I felt like – oh, sorry. I'll finish no, it. You go, go ahead. No, just going back to Affleck, I, was, I would feel like the swan song would be Snyder's Justice League. No? I mean that, that, that's kind of what I thought. Well, no, because he, he – that movie ends open-endedly. Okay, I've heard rumors of that about that myself. So uh, yeah, so I, I don't, I don't think I think Affleck wants to die a hero's death. Interesting. Okay, all right. And I, I again, I and Snyder said this himself. I we I don't think we're getting a Justice League two and three. I just don't. And he doesn't seem to think it's happening. And he said he's okay with it not happening because again, you're talking about even if it was on HBO Max, you're talking about a six hundred to eight hundred million dollar project for two more movies, and that's mm-hmm. just insanity when it yeah. comes to streaming services and mm-hmm. the way the theatrical model for WB is, I just do not see them investing that stuff in and doing that stuff all over again. When they are, when they're building a new Batman, when they're moving on with wonder woman, when Aquaman is essentially a billion dollar franchise, when Shazam has been their most critical success to date yeah. and made and made money on a, on a dime budget. Um, so it just doesn't make sense for them to invest Eight hundred million dollars in in Snyder anymore when they may not see any profit from it. And traditionally, I felt like Warner Brothers has always been like one version on either TV or uh, the small screen. You know, like and now we're gonna. That's kind of why I feel like Cavill's never came back because now we're getting this CW Superman show. We've got Matt Reeves the Batman, so that makes no room for like an Affleck HBO Max series. So it, I know they got a little lenient with Titans and people want to claim Gotham, but. You know, that's not the same as having Batman suited up, you know? Right. And that's kind of been a long-standing rule at WB. And you guys know this because you covered all that stuff for, for a decade as well as I have. But yeah, they, they do not like sharing characters across mediums. And I know everyone wants to beat the, well, they're really pumping the multiverse drum. And okay, then why do they pull Stargirl out of Black Adam? Right. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, it, again, the your narrative does not line up with the facts that are on the table. So it's, it's so- and that's what makes flashpoint a little confusing is that you're bringing in Keaton from, you know, Burton, and then you're bringing in Affleck from Snyder and you're putting it in with the, with the Snyder flash. So it, it, I could see why some people get confused with that. Cause you're kind of like, are they turning the tide here? Yeah. And I, I, again, I think flashpoint is a big kind of like question mark for, for WB. And I think it's, I think it's a good idea for them because I think they do need to go a little bit crazy with the Flash. Um, it can't just be this like generic superhero movie like it maybe would have been before Hudson became on came on board. Um, and I th- I think bringing on Keaton um, is a is a great idea, and, but I don't think making it again that they had this real bad problem with just making everything a Batman movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I really yeah. I, I really really hope that maybe they bring in Nick Cage to be Superman. <laughs> oh God, that'd be so and, crazy. And and maybe they, they, uh, I don't know if you read, you guys read the Flashpoint comic and maybe they yeah. find like 
maybe they bring in Brandon Routh and have him lose 50 pounds and have him be the skinny, like, distraught, cool. like, like Superman. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think there's room for those elements. But then again, at the end of Flashpoint, what happens? It all goes back to status. It all goes back yeah. to status quo. Yeah, yeah, yes. that's the book, yeah. Yep. So that, I, I think that's their kind. They're, they're, I think that's what they're going to try to do with this. And I again, everyone wants to say, "Oh, well, Matt Reeves is going to keep his universe separate and it's not going to tie it." Mm, I think that's that's completely up in the air because they like money, and if they yeah. see, if they see an opportunity, yeah, to to merge Bat or what's his name, uh, Battison in with their larger DCEU, then they're going to take that opportunity. Well, yeah, so in that same vein, well, this is something we're going to discuss. I'll just bring it up. So Terrence Winter was originally assigned to write the the spinoff that the HBO Max was going to do from the Batman. And we saw that he recently, he he stepped away because he said that there, the the line that he was thinking, the story he was thinking doesn't jive with what Matt Reeves wants to do. The ever popular creative differences. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so just that's basically just what you were saying, right? Like, so now you hear that, and maybe there is some kind of thing that he Matt Reeves wants to do that does tie into everything else. And Terrence Winter didn't have that as part of the deal, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm upset about it because I'm a big Terrence Winter fan. Uh, I loved Boardwalk Empire, and he used to write for The Sopranos, so I was kind of interested to see what he was going to do, but not happening. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I I love both of those shows as well, and I I wonder if if I, I part of me thinks like one of them wanted to go more comic booky than the other one, and mm-hmm. I wonder if if Terrence Winter was like this is too comic booky, like this is too like super like I can't do like Mister Freeze, I can't do this, I can't. Um, Which is interesting because if- people are claiming that this 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 Reeves movie will be more grounded than Nolan, and then you come out with that, and that Winster thinks it possibly could think it's more comic booky. It's because we don't know what really what this movie is. We got that one teaser, so it, that's an interesting little tidbit you dropped there. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know. It certainly looks grounded for sure, and I, and but again, when you're bringing in characters like the Riddler and. Uh, what what other rumor got the Mad Hatter and uh, mm-hmm. Firefly and yeah. uh, Catwoman and Penguin? Like, like, really? Are we going to talk about grounded when there's a guy with uh, uh that leaves riddles <laughs> clues around and right? Uh, as grounded drug, as it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, there's a drug dealer who like uh who wears like a giant hat or and, like has twins that he like are, do his bidding like i, I don't know how grand oh man really if they did here. that i'd love it if, if we can get the 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 twins from the animated the batman into matt reeves batman i'd be all for it <laughs> there there were a set of twins cast for the batman that's fantastic i did not know that that's a great little uh nugget you dropped there <laughs> i i love i love the penguin i mean from devito to meredith like all i love all iterations of the penguin no man's land's my favorite but i'm a huge penguin fan so i'm just happy to see him on the screen for the first time since because i don't count gotham whatever the hell that thing was yeah i <laughs> I, I, I watched yeah. one season of gotham and I, i'm with, again i had this i had this weird block with batman where i i can't live in a world where his villains exist without him it just not it does not make it's sense. weird it is very like joker, then. Uh, <laughs> i yeah i don't know i I, <laughs> I think joker is a good film for what it is i don't right. think it needed to be the jo- uh, Joker. I think you yeah, could have called that movie anything else, and it would have been fine. Yeah, that's yeah. a popular take. I a lot of people that. have thought that. I do love the movie, though. I think it's. I think it's a really interesting movie. I, it's. It's. It just. It's. It's sad as all hell, but like I find it fascinating. But having Bruce Wayne so young during that movie, it, it is a little weird to me. Yeah, I'll give you that. But 
Where were we? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I told you I'm a talker. So I'll, I'll, you guys are going to lose track real quick. Uh, Eric, just look at the rundown. Pick a topic. <laughs> okay. So well, we discussed Wonder Woman already, so we're not going to go back there. Yeah. Um. Oh, so yeah. So we have Wonder Girl now. Uh, they have cast the lead, and it's Dylan Rodriguez um, to play Wonder Girl on the new CW project coming out. So it's the first Latina to be headlining this kind of a show. So that was so, interesting news. I think the most interesting about this whole aspect that no one's talking about is the fact that like DC slash WB, we'll call them, are literally taking a page out of the Marvel playbook. And okay. they are essentially creating this synergy between comics and um, their television shows. Uh, and the, the the craziest part of this is like that Wonder Woman that character they're basing the show on is brand new, like Coming right out of Future that, State, mm-hmm. right out of Future State. We have not right. even seen a comic from her yet. We do not know anything about her, and they were just like, "Go for it!" So, uh, and that's that's like a very Marvel thing to do. And if you guys you guys notice, like every time like a movie comes out or a movie's about to come out, Marvel will like re-release the Eternals like uh omnibus or they'll create a new eternals mm-hmm. book and they'll have like all these eternals characters show up and like other aspects of things so that it's, it feels like that's what dc is kind of doing with the with the it's how do you say her name is, is it zora zora uh, it's, it's yeah i think it was yora something like that i forget yeah i gotta look it up um I think yara, yeah. kinda, yara yeah it's i think that's so what they're kind of doing to me wonder girl because you get you get wonder girl on titans which is donna troy who's probably the most you know the most well-known and like for me i'm kind of bummed out that it's not cassie sandsmark you know because like that's the that's the wonder girl that i grew up reading in teen titans so to give it to like this just brand new character is, is crazy especially since like what if future state is a huge failure if no one buys any of these books who's going to watch this show you know you don't have a built-in fan base to just kind of channel in on the cw well, yeah, maybe it's, that's it's, the fan base they're they're relying. I just on, want right? to build, just want to relive that. Yeah, that's yeah. That's I, a good I don't. Is, is it a CW show? Yeah, it was yes. a CW yeah. show. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't. I don't know what their plan with the CW is because they seem to be killing off everything else slowly. Um, I just binged think, Black Lightning and I loved it. Yeah, and you would think that they would they would do that because they want to move that stuff to Max. So to give the CW a brand new show with a brand new character, and not put it on Max, seems like a weird move. It's very interesting. It's it's just it's like we said before. Just the fact that this character has no history, no one knows anything about her, you know, and, and all of a sudden she's got a TV show before she even has a, her own comic book, and it's just it's just so fascinating to me. It's one of the more interesting moves they've they've done, in my opinion. I mean, you have to also look at it from the because is, is Joelle Jones involved with the show? I've, yes, yes. Yeah, she is. So you have to imagine that, like, at least they'll ha- like they'll have a synergy. Like they'll have a synergy. Like me. Like uh, I think a lot of the problem with like comic book fans versus like television fans and the 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 Zen the Venn diagram of where they don't meet sometimes is that like mm-hmm. their comic book fans are very dedicated to those storylines, and then when they try to interpret those storylines on TV, they often butcher them badly so maybe this is their idea of like well we can get both of those groups together because this these stories are gonna be very similar they're gonna be they're gonna feel similar they're gonna be very they're gonna feed off each other and there won't be this like yeah. battle between like well in the comic book she did this and the tv show she did this blah 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 they're, i think they're gonna have this 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 kind of meshing that's gonna be kind of unique to that series and again i um i could definitely see 
like Marvel and DC kind of playing off each other in this idea. Like this works for for um, for DC. I I could see Marvel coming up with a new comic book and then immediately following it with a TV show. Yeah. I'm Will you watch that. this show? I watch everything. <laughs> okay. Eric's very selective everything with what he chance. watches. So. so, yes. No, I'll I'll probably give this a watch. I was skeptical on um, Stargirl, and I watched that, and I like it. So It took me forever to get him to watch the Harley Quinn show. Yeah, <laughs> which is excellent, yeah, by I, the way. That show yeah, is so Harley good. Harley Quinn and Stargirl are by far the best things that I think DC TV has done in a long time. A Doom Patrol, yeah. too. I haven't I haven't watched Stargirl yet. It's in my queue, but uh, I mean Harley Quinn is absolutely amazing. I think, and I, I, like I said earlier, like I'm really into Black Lightning. It's it's very relevant. It's very current events. So like it it it, it kind of gives me like some. It, there's a little bit of like Watchmen vibes in there. It's not as good as Watchmen, but there's a little bit of that in there, and I appreciate where where it came from, and where it's going. But I'm I'm also sad that they ended it because I don't know. Chris Williams is the man. So yeah, yeah. Cool. Again, I I I there seems to be a lot of shakeup over there at the DC, the CW stuff. And I, I flash probably has one more season cause they're going to kill that thing before the movie comes out. And, uh, well, what else, do, but what else do they have they flat? There's another one that's been on forever. Well, Arrow was, but, and they ended obviously Oliver Queen, but now they're supposed to do that green arrow and the, the canaries, canaries with that. I don't know. Happening. No, I don't think so. Well, it's slated to right now. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, I think our website actually initially reported on that happening, and then I got a cease and desist from Warner Brothers saying, "No, this is not happening." I was like, "Oh, okay." It doesn't well, get more fin- official than that. Yeah. Well, the finale of Arrow, they they had was them. It was, and it I didn't enjoy it. So maybe they got feedback from that, and they were kind of like, "Yeah, this is not going to fly." Yeah. I, <laughs> so. I like I said, I'm really interested to see kind of like. What what HBO Max how their influence um, is what their influence is on like things like Titans and and Doom Patrol and if those things get like a budgetary bu- bump up um, and then a Star Girl is also on HBO Max so I'm, I'm assuming like eventually they'll uh, they'll just move that thing over there as well so I don't I just don't know how much longer they are going to drag out this CW stuff. Well, it's kind of it would kind of suck for I mean to have these shows on just regular TV and then they're gonna pull them from there and throw them on a streaming service you have to pay for. Uh, I mean, I understand future, that man. it's the future. you know I know I understand that's the way the the model's going, but it's just kind of uh it's kind of crappy when I think about it. Um, well, so. Yeah, this, I mean the, the streaming wars are real. Uh, I think yeah. um, Brandon uh, Katz from what does he write for? Oh my god, he's gonna kill me. Anyways, Brandon, who's a who's a good friend of mine, he writes for a, a very popular publication. I cannot pull off the top of my head right now. I should look it up while we're talking. But he basically wrote a thing saying like, "Listen, the majority of people subscribe to three services, mm-hmm. and there's currently like eight, so they're not all gonna survive. So they're they're gonna have to make some massive moves to draw in audiences and hold these audiences. And I think HBO Max, despite what people think and say about it has the the biggest mountain to climb it. It's the most expensive. It's the most kind of niche product. Like it's very like if you're not a fan of Warner Brothers, like what why you have nothing to yeah. gain from it. Right. It's, it's true. Not it has very little family like content. It's it's very geared towards like an adult audience. And I just don't I think it needs to broaden its horizons a bit. It's and ve- I, it I is get, very HBO. Like it's there that, well, is, yeah. that is what HBO is, you know like 
it's it's Warner Brothers and HBO, like you know, TV shows which are not child friendly. Even though my I grew up a Sunday dinner watching The Sopranos, <laughs> you know, like that's tradition in Jersey. So like no one cared then. <laughs> it also put itself in this weird hole where like they did not secure rights for things. So like mm-hmm. half of like half of their DC content is going to be gone soon. Like I think really? uh, I think BVS and Man of Steel are going to get pulled. Like I, before I, the I end of the year, they claimed it was because they were doing like a rotational thing. So is that is that not true? No. That, that, why would how you do they, that? That's how, insane. How do they not have rights to those movies? TV. So so you basically uh, when when a movie. <laughs> That's why. When yeah, when you're making deals for a movie, you make you make TV deals at the same time, and so sometimes those TV deals can be five, ten years. Um, oh, okay. And so when that Makes happens, sense. you're essentially kind of. Like shoehorned so in this just... spot, and that's what uh, Disney Plus did so well uh, is they kind of secured all those rights before they launched, and so they don't they don't really have that issue. Interesting, interesting. All right, it seems like they just took advantage of all the Snyder fans. That's <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like. Oh, to me. There we go again, Pete. You're bringing hey, us back to up. Snyder. Uh, I, yeah, what do you want me to do? I'm a zappy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help myself. I know, I know. It's too funny. So in in um, w- there was a something came out a few weeks ago, and Pete and I haven't recorded since it's been a. We've done a couple of other things, but we haven't. We had a interview with Brian Edward Hill, which was great last um podcast. So Love you guys him. haven't checked that out. Check that out. Yeah, it was awesome. He's a great guy. Uh, yeah. So you know what's um, crazy? So like again, up? I'm just gonna talk about myself a little bit. So I st- I've been doing this for like ten years. And okay. like Brian Hill and Donnie Katz and Tom Taylor and Scott Snyder, I interviewed those guys when they like came out with their first comic book, and nice. I would have them on Romulus. my podcast all the all the time. And then watching them like become these like giant megastars has been so crazy. Um, and Scott is still like I talk to Scott like at least once or twice a week. Sometimes um, he'll just DM me from the GWB account and just say, Hey, or what's up? Or he'll, he'll send me like raw copies of comics. Like he'll send me like, here's like the rough draft. Like, I'm jealous. What you think. <laughs> oh boy. It's, it's pressure, man. Like when, you, I, cause I, 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 I can't say anything bad to the guy. Yeah. Like, what what say? Scott, this sucks. Uh, take out this panel. Um, yeah. Batman looks weird here. Tell Greg to change it. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's a weird thing, but yeah, I mean, so watching them kind of like grow up and become these mega stars has been so cool. Uh, it, it's I've like I feel like a proud papa sometimes because especially Donnie because Donnie has just like become this mega Marvel star and like I was yeah. pumping his books like uh what is it? now I can't even think of it um what was his first book called it started a, it was about a superhero who basically had to get drunk to have superpowers okay. Buzzkill Buzzkill is what it's called all right it's fabulous if you guys get a chance to check out Buzzkill check out Buzzkill he also has like a pseudo like misfits justice league book um again i can't think of the name of it but it's it's amazing uh ghost fleet was amazing mm-hmm. so uh, he I, I just love seeing those guys just fucking kill it yeah no it's great i mean i i was a big fan of uh hill's outsiders run i thought it was great i mean especially since he got like a full 18 issues to just do whatever he wanted you know and like there's you could see like he even admitted like there's a glimpse of like terminator and just all that, all the good stuff that like we all grew up on and loved in in that story, and you're just like, that's awesome that they just let you have free reign for 18 issues, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
That's but, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, that's probably is cool to watch. I would probably, I'd be in the same way you are. Like, wow. I remember when these guys were first starting and <laughs> look at them now. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so funny. Cause like, again, I would, I would meet Donnie at like a bar <laughs> like, on like a, on like a Saturday morning and we'd have like bloody Mary's and like talk about whatever book he was. And now like I go to, a, or when we had conventions, I would go to a convention and he'd have his booth and just a line around the block or whatever and it's like jesus christ like i remember this me and this guy would like sit in a bar and we would talk about like his crazy comic book ideas for hours and no one would bug him or no one would know who he is and now i i had to like beg his publicist to like just go and say hi to him so it's been weird oh that's, that's cool funny. man that's awesome yeah, Humble yeah so just... <laughs> no hey man you should you should do that that's awesome so uh, where I was going was, though, uh, in the Suicide Squad, it was announced a couple weeks ago that Sylvester Stallone will be joining the cast. Um, so that was kind of interesting to me because I thought the movie was all done. <laughs> yeah, so, he's definitely doing a voice. OK, uh, I, mean, I would say 99.9 percent he's doing a voice. I don't really imagine Gunn is going to film a, a ton of stuff. Uh, right now, especially with COVID mm-hmm. happening. Um, so that becomes the question is whose voice is he doing? So your options are really, you have two options. You have, I feel like it's, this is obvious to me, you know? <laughs> you have King Shark mm-hmm. or you have Starro. Now, via the test screenings. Oh, I never thought King, of Starro. That's a good call. King Shark was voiced by Steve Agee. If you go, I don't know, if you go on all the press materials and all like, the behind the scenes like press access for stuff that like we get and you look at like the casting list steve ag is still is listed as king shark it does not distinguish him as like the onset king shark it just says steve ag king shark mm-hmm. um so i could i don't see stallone voicing king shark and the reason is because king shark is a comedic character in the film um mm-hmm. his lines are very comedic and no offense to stallone but i <laughs> don't think he could really pull off the comedic timing or a ton of dialogue needed for um king shark i could be 100 percent wrong i totally you totally debunked me i thought it was going to be king shark i just thought it was but i don't see him playing a large starfish either like well (laughs) like imagine starro right so starro and inhabits the bodies of people and then he becomes this Omni voice, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's true. Stallone has this very deep voice that you can easily modulate, modulate to sound right. alien. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah, you're Harley. Get over here. Yeah. So, <laughs> again, I, I I love Stallone. I think he's a a fat. I don't want to say. I don't. He's a fabulous person. Mm-hmm. Um. I I I love his movies. Yeah. I just don't know if he can pull off this giant, like speaking role. Whereas yeah. I imagine has very few lines, uh, is pretty straightforward, is not a, not gonna be a ton of comedy coming from him. Um, right. So hope. Uh, so we'll see. But I, again, I could totally be wrong. I do not have any insider information on this at all. I'm just using common sense or logic. No, I mean th- that's a great call, man. I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm a huge Stallone fan myself. I mean, like, I just him and Arnold. Like, I grew up on those action movies. So, like, just to get those guys in in any of these movies, you know, Batman and Robin aside, is is tremendous <laughs> for me. You know, so like, it's it's just exciting. And the, the, for me, like, a lot of what I love is 
you know, there's the buildup to the movie, the fan speculation, guessing, like just, you know, rapping mm-hmm. with you and seeing what you have to say and stuff like that. That's, that's the fun part is like leading up to the movie. Cause once the movie's here and you sit down and you watch it two hours go by and then it's gone and then you have to wait for the next one and who knows what it will be. Well, not anymore at least, but you know, so like the buildup and everything and the speculation is so much fun for me. So just having Stallone in there and you're just like, what is he doing? What is Sly doing in this movie? Mm-hmm. That's the best part. Yeah. I, the best out of the, like best, like out of the park or kind of thought theory I thought would be, or heard that he would be, is it Sergeant Brock? Okay. Yeah. Um, or, or maybe uh, what's his name's dad flag flag. Yeah. Okay. Flag's dad. And again, that's, I know we don't, I don't think he's, they're going to film, actually film anything, but that's something you could easily do like on a one set, one camera. Okay. Uh, right. Easy take kind of like what Snyder did with the, uh, his, re- or his additional photography. I don't want to say reshoots because I get killed for that. Um, <laughs> They're coming. His additional photography. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that's like you say, I think that would be the least of your worries. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, like, so for, uh, for, for Snyder, he would, he basically filmed Ezra on a green screen by himself and did it remotely via laptop. So I can totally see Gunn bringing it in. That's uh, amazing. Bringing in Stallone putting him in front of a green screen or like a, mm-hmm. like a cabin set or whatever. And just doing like a, a short, like shoot with a one, 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 uh, one Me, shot. Like, ideally, like I would love nothing more than Sly to play Ted Wildcat Grant, Wildcat Grant. Like that just seems like the perfect casting. This the old age boxer. Oh, that would be takes- great. Right, that I mean, would be it's pretty, so yeah. it's so dumb and obvious. Like, of course, Rocky would put on the cat suit and just go pummel people with his knuckles. So <laughs> maybe if we ever get that JSA movie, uh, I mean, he could still do it. I have no problem with him double dipping, but that would be uh, ideally, like for me, my favorite. Like twenty twenty five JSA. Here we go. <laughs> yep, the longer we go, the longer we things back further back. We oh, yeah. Hey, yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah. So we got a we got another bit of cool information a few days ago, and I love this one. So there was a DC created a Batman statue in Burbank, um, modeled after Jim Lee's version of the Dark Knight from Hush. So uh, I wish they would put these all over the place, <laughs> like just put Batman statues all over the country in places. Uh, pick a different uh, artist rendering, whatever you want to do, but uh. Casey, how, how close are you? Could you go see this? Have you seen it? Uh, oh, no. Burbank's like four hours. I mean, I guess I could because I go to Burbank for dance competitions all the time. All right. But it's essentially four hours away. So, I mean, technically I could go see it, but mm-hmm. I am way too lazy for that. <laughs> uh, I would, I'm fine with a picture. Um, and right. I, I don't know. I like Batman, but who cares? Uh, like I, I kind of dig what Eric was saying though, because I remember when I think was it Civil War they had the they brought the Captain America statue to various places, and I remember I, I got a chance to go see it and take a picture in front of the Barclay Center with the statue, so that was really cool. And listen, uh, they're pulling down all these fucking or these, these. I keep cursing. I'm so sorry. They're pulling down all these con- <laughs> these Confederate statues everywhere. Just replace them with superhero statues. Yeah, make everybody well, happy. Detroit's got their RoboCop statue. I mean, I, I for one want to go check that out. I mean, I know Detroit's like, you know, not exactly the safest place anymore, but I mean, Listen, ancient saying, Greece was full of statues of their gods and and heroes. Why can't we do the same here? And was I it agree. Metropolis, Illinois has that giant Superman statue as well. So I, it's you know, just cool. we should just create paper mache statues ourselves and just place them in random places throughout the country. 
I'm just waiting for snow in New Jersey. This way I can build a snowman and I'll, that, that'll suffice for a little bit, you know? Mm, don't call Jason Momoa. <laughs> if you could do a Batman snowman, Pete, I'd be very impressed. Uh, I mean, I was just going to put a carrot on his face and call him Crofty, <laughs> but yeah, like I'll try to do a Batman. So he'll end up looking like Tom King's uh, Batman, you know? <laughs> you ever see those covers where Tom King draws on the blank covers and it's just like the, the, the world's worst Batman on a stick figure body? It's it's amazing. <laughs> I have. Dude, Tom King He's is funny. such a cool dude. He's so fun to talk to. And if you get him on his CIA stuff, the dude will talk forever. Yeah, he was, wasn't he a member? Of, it was a CIA or the Secret Service. He was a member of the CIA. Okay. That yeah, is, and I think that's crazy to me. <laughs> I think that's why I, I, I don't think he, I, I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of his Batman run, but I think that's why he's so good at like, like the smaller kind of superheroes or mm-hmm. he kind of like has a Jeff Johns formula. Like he takes these like no name, like weird superheroes and kind of makes them like cool. Kite man. I think, I think that's, <laughs> yeah, I think that's a lot of like his kind of like CIA, like training in him is like, just how can I infiltrate this character and like, make it interesting. That's interesting. What I find interesting about Tom King is he does so much with as little word bubbles as possible. You know, like there's, there were times during that Batman run where literally there were just like a couple grunts and there was, it was all, it was all just panel work and it, right. it's fascinating yeah. because it really lets the artist shine. It's like the, during Bane and the, the Joker and Riddle of War. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There was like one issue where like Batman's running across some rooftop over somebody crashes through a window and like all, the only time he he makes any noise is when he when he grunts through the window and you're just like what's going on I've never seen a book like this. My favorite comic book that ever did that was Warren Ellis's Moon Knight. Okay. There is an issue and it's essentially just the raid. It's it's textless. There's no there's maybe two words of dialogue. It's just Mister uh, Mister Moon Knight and his his like cool. Like I love that costume so much. I know people don't like it, but I love his like suit costume so much, and I can't wait to see it in live action. Mm-hmm. And he just he he pulls up to this like abandoned building in this limo, steps out, and just wrecks fools from from floor one to floor ten until he reaches like his goal. And it's it's completely text like there's no dialogue, and it's just panel after panel of him breaking arms and shoving people through stairs and like I'll just check that completely out. wrecking wrecking uh wrecking uh criminals and it's so fun yeah i dig I, anything else so this sounds right my alley and i i, I if if marvel if you're listening if you're ever just gonna do a straight up adaptation of a comic book just make one episode of moon knight that comic book it would it's gonna it would just be so like out of the box for them. Cause I think Marvel gets a lot of crap for being like formulaic. Yeah. And so if they could put out an episode where there's no dialogue and it's just like, bam, 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 just action beat after action beat. And then he gets to the top floor and there's this guy in the floorboards who's like having this super mushroom trip and it's like causing havoc around the city. Like that would just be crazy. <laughs> That'd be tremendous. That does sound like a lot of fun. It really does. I'm, I'm into that. Um, I did uh, one thing I wanted to touch on you w- with you because you're such you a want big, to touch uh, me. Excuse me. T- <laughs> uh, I, we're too far away from that. I don't know you too well, but I did want to pick your brain. It's been 28 years since the death of Superman. Uh, it, it's just, it's a crazy, crazy concept to think that like, you know, I'm just doing vague research. Like this, this all started off as a joke in a board meeting uh, to kill off, you know, DC's, you know, just one of their greatest characters. So it's just the impact and everything that it had. I mean, it was such a huge storyline. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I'm going to talk. I'm going to get personal here. That comic book was the my my foray to comic, like my entry mm-hmm. point to comic books. Um, and it sounds so cliche, but like, oh my god, my, I have 
cheap hippie parents. So like <laughs> Costco was like uh, like a, an everyday Sunday trip. You know what I mean? We could buy in bulk. It was okay. relatively inexpensive. Right. And you guys were maybe you guys you guys are probably around my age. I'm 36. Yeah. Um, but when when I was 10 or nine or 10, Costco would have just giant bundles of comic books. Okay. And they would always put like the best one on the front, and then the rest would just be garbage. Um, <laughs> so I immediately, and the, one of the the pack I bought first was the Superman, the Death of Superman pack, and it was the first yeah. issue, and it had like the the black foil and the armband, yeah. and then yeah. and then the rest of the comic books were like Mortal Kombat or something crazy. I don't know. Um, but that was that was the comic book, and I read that thing twenty times, and then I got every issue. I would beg to go to Costco because they would they would come out like the next pack would have the next issue of Superman and then a bunch of other garbage comic books. So uh, I would I think I still have some of those too, not the Superman ones, but the garbage ones. Um, and so I would just I would just eat those up and and I love that story. I love his look and I just. I want. I really wanted Snyder to just give him the mullet or the long hair, whatever you want to call it, because I just. Yeah. I think that's such a cool, like, look for him, and I just kind of love the idea of like, he like sacrificed himself, for the city, um, and and essentially in the in the in the aftermath killed not only Doomsday but killed himself, and then mm-hmm. all these others kind of Superman had to kind kind of come in and 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 fill the role for him until he eventually um, regenerated and and came back with uh with guns and long hair um but uh i i don't know it's 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 not a great story outside of like that first issue but i think it definitely has a place in like iconic comic book history and i think it's important for every superman fan to at least like read those issues and kind of get an understanding of like this is where everything changed yeah Yeah, it was a huge event i remember it man it was a huge event and uh, I have that issue, the same way you talk about the black cover, and I have it somewhere. I never opened it, so it's just <laughs> that like iconic image of the bloody shield, you know. Just, oh. it, it's yep. it's it's so weird how it can captivate you because you know what it means. Like you don't need to, you don't need to explain. Explain when you see that logo, you know exactly what it is, and you know exactly where the story's going. And it's just all three parts of it: death of Superman, uh, funeral for a friend, and the return of Superman. Like it's like the pinnacle of like '90s Superman, in my opinion. You know, just everything from the rampage throughout the country to the big fight in Metropolis to everyone mourning his death, and then, like you said, Steel Superboy and Eradicator. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't get more '90s than Steel Superboy and Eradicator. You know, right, like, it's, right. it's so amazing, and I love John uh, John Henry Irons as a character as well, which is which was cool because when we got to when Eric and I got to meet him for. Uh, the, yeah. the reign of the Superman movie, we got to interview Chris Williams. And he, again, like he's, he's amazing. So, and that's another thing too, is like those two animated movies, you know, where sometimes the book got a little clunky and just, you know, obviously like a comic book tie-ins and everything like that. The, the two animated films really streamlined it. And I think kind of perfected the formula that, that they did in, in the nineties. I, and I, I think that's a testament to WB animation. I think that's one thing like WB just does not miss on outside of the killing joke. Um, is that they they just knock it out of the park when it comes to those animated movies, and yeah. they they do they 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 are often just straight adaptations of of their most popular comic mm-hmm. book storylines. Tomasi wrote Death of Superman, I believe, and he did it was just flawless. Yeah, and it, and they're and they're they're beautiful and they're well animated and yeah they and they they if you're looking for straight comic book adaptations, that's that's the way to go because you're mm-hmm. never ever going to get that stuff 
on screen with Marvel or DC. They're never going to get just a, an, a one-to-one adaptation. I mean, even look at uh, Watchmen. They made massive changes to that book mm-hmm. as, or that movie as well. Um, so it's, uh, I think those are, those are definitely the spot for that. Cause what was the, was it Superman, Do- Superman Doomsday, the first animated movie that started off the DC animated originals? Like it, it was okay, but there was something missing. It just, it didn't feel like as pure as the, the, the death of Superman animated movie that came out later, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was what, uh, was that last year, Pete? Or this time last year? Uh, the death of Superman came out. I think it was like a year ago. Year and- year. But then the rain. Superman, Do- uh, yeah, and Superman Doomsday came out when I was in college. I think like oh yeah, seven. that was like their first kind of foray into yeah into the animation. That was stuff. the very first uh, of the animated originals, and it just it just it, it was weird. Like I, I I dug it; it was cool, but like it was just it was missing something. You know, it was missing. I felt like all the heart that really like Thomas was able to channel for the death of Superman movie. So, <laughs> Pete, you said his name two different ways this time. I, I can never <laughs> say the guy's name right. It drives me nuts because after I say it, I'm just like, oh man, Kowalski's going to get me on this one too. As soon as I, I beat, said it, as soon as I said it, I knew it. I beat him to it this time, so he he can't, uh, he can't do it. And it's because yeah. I review his book every every you know twice a month, for <laughs> Batman on film, and I'm like, oh god, I just wrote a glowing review, and now I can't pronounce the man's name. Well. If you ever, if we ever want to get him on the show, you're gonna to have to learn how to say his name. His name's Peter, <laughs> like mine. We have to say <laughs> Peter. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's gonna wrap this thing up. Oh wow, an hour? Are you sure? I mean, I can talk more if you guys want. <laughs> what do you got? Throw something at me. Throw something at you. Throw anything. Let's 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 get let's let's get into it. Oh geez. All right. I, I at least got thirty more minutes. To, I don't get to talk to people. <laughs> uh, you don't get. Do but this. that's because you don't like them. Yeah, so that means you're in good company. <laughs> that's true. You did kind of just throw that out there that you didn't like people. So, but I like you guys now. So I think I can. There go. I can Thank muster. Muster you. through this. That's good. Bit. Now you got to put a good word into Moon for me, so we can get him on the show. Who? Uh, he, your buddy Chris. He goes by Moonlight Warrior. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris. Chris would love to come on here. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I can definitely do that for you. That'd no problem. Great. All right. We'll uh, let's see what do we what, what Mandalorian? You guys are into that at all? Eric loves Mandalorian. Am Pete's not? I, I, no, not that how I'm, are you not? I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. Like my my fandom, I'm not either. I'm I, Pete. I'm 100 percent with you. Star Wars is kind of lame most of the time. It's no, it's, not. it's guys in robes playing swords. Like I'm I just don't get it. <laughs> but I'm Mandalorian is is. <laughs> Mandalorian is just like it's it's everything I've ever wanted from Star Wars, and again, maybe it's because I like like the like Western kind of aesthetic, and I like okay. the like yes like monster of the week type of thing. And I know a lot of people complain like, oh, the story didn't move forward or whatever. This that, uh, I don't care about that. Like it's I just <laughs> it's so cool, man. Like it's always like the the Star Wars universe that I wanted to see. Like remember thirteen thirteen? Remember that game that was going to come out? Okay, it's uh. Uh, Eric, you'll know that like it. It took place on Coruscant, and they have like these pits, right? Yes. Like go down in the yeah. So, and it, it's like basically about the 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 grimy underworld of Star Wars, and that's always what's fascinating most because everyone in the Star Wars universe seems to be a giant pos, and uh, and there's very few good people in it. And I love I love bad I love villains. I think villains are inherently always more interesting than, yes. than heroes, and so yeah. when uh. When the man, when every episode of the Mandalorian is just like, well, he, he's going to encounter this other terrible person and just murder them, and then here's another terrible human being, and he's just going to murder that guy. I just, I, just, I could just watch him murder people all day long. <laughs> I agree with you. I mean, the show's fantastic, and uh, 
you know, it it was when they when I first heard they were going to do it, I was kind of like, oh, you know, we'll see how this goes. And it th- sometimes the dialogue bothers me, but that's Star Wars. Like Star Wars has always been historically bad at, oh, at dialogue. You're always <laughs> bouncing on writers. You're always bouncing. So, on so yeah, so, so Star some of it that bothers me a little bit, but. No, overall, I mean, it's been fantastic, and I I enjoy it. It's the one thing like every week I'm like, all right, I can't wait till the Mandalorian. I comes I, I never okay. I don't watch stuff twice unless I like have to for this job or like I need to like kind of ingest something more or I'm just bored and I need something to put on like in the background like folding clothes or something. Mm-hmm. But I watch the I'll always watch the Mandalorian at midnight always because I again I have to have the I need to have the conversation the next day. Mm-hmm. And I'll watch it again, like the next day on like when I'm doing my Peloton ride. So like, there's always like I always watch it twice, always, always, always. And it's the only thing I've ever done that for, and I cannot, for the life of me, explain why I need to do that. But it's it seems to be enjoyable just as much as the first time it is the second time around. And I I think this season is even better than the first season because, granted, Baby Yoda is adorable and super cute, and I think he like is a great addition to like the mythos of star Wars. And I, uh, I love that. Like, cause Yoda is kind of a weird character and like, we never really understand like, where, where does that dude come from? Like where, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. um, so like, I think I love this idea that we're finally going to kind of get that, that story without Yoda because like we've seen enough Yoda. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but like the fact that they've kind of like taken baby Yoda, and, like made him like this background character, as opposed to like the central point of the plot, um, he, like he's like I love that <laughs> I love that every episode now is Mando's like take this baby away from me I gotta go do something else <laughs> come back and get the baby later <laughs> and, and I think it's it's been so strong this season and like I God I want to know the budget of that show like the fact that they're just like able to like make up half of the cast within these elaborate costumes and like makeups like and. And half of the sh- like shots are like full of CGI and all that stuff. Like uh, it's just it's it's. Yeah, it doesn't look it. Like that's the thing. It's very well shot. It's really really a good show. Um, yeah, I mean Dave Filoni is pretty good at doing this stuff. Um, <laughs> I gotta check it out. So. It's definitely in my queue. I haven't I haven't turned. I haven't said I won't watch it. I just have other things I gotta get to though. Yeah, I my only issue with it is it, is it kind of, like sometimes like one episode seems to be like a setup for like the next series in the, in the, in the, in the game. So uh, like the Boba Fett thing at the end of episode or season two, yep. episode one, uh, it yep. seems like, Oh, are we, we're never going to see that guy again. So why, what are we doing here? <laughs> um, and I, 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 I love Ahsoka. I love Ahsoka. So I really hope like, she's not just like, Oh, well here's Ahsoka. And like, okay, bye Ahsoka. Well, okay, see you in it. And, and we'll see you in your own show next year. Like, you know what I mean? I, I hope that she like kind of, tags along with mando for the rest of the the season i and and um who i can't ever pronounce his name the guy who plays moth gideon i forget his name i know who you're talking about yeah yeah so that, i guess he yeah. he did an interview recently and I, I saw the comment from it today that he says he gets more physical this season okay. so i'm like fingers crossed that him and ahsoka like have a like a saber battle because i like that dark okay the dark saber mm-hmm. may be the coolest thing ever to be put on tv yeah the effect on that thing it's like uh, I, I don't know do you guys have a playstation 5 or have you played the miles morales game 
I don't. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I'm actually an Xbox guy. Oh, oh my. Okay. Well, Eric, uh, <laughs> Pete can go away now. Uh, <laughs> I'm an Xbox guy as well. Oh my god. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, uh, so so okay. Well, so Miles, uh, the, remember the Spider Verse movie? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So they basically put that aesthetic into the Spider-Man game. So like when yeah. you can put on the Miles Morales suit and he has like. The, the frames of the game change mm-hmm. based off his suit. And it like gives us, this, it's just, it gives us this weird, like we're going to, we're doing the Robert, Roger Rabbit thing where we're going to put an yeah. animated character in a real world setting. And uh-huh. every, every time I see the dark saber, like, I feel like that, like it doesn't feel real, but it just looks so goddamn cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want him to have it out. I want him to, what would, uh, I want him to do the Homer Simpson thing where like, he had a gun. Remember when Homer Simpson had a gun and he would use it like turn on his TV and like turn off the light. Yes. And, like he would use it for everything. Yes, I do. Um, and it was a horrible gun ownership uh, thing. But <laughs> I want Moth getting just every time he like needs like open a can of soda or like flip a switch, he just whips out that dark saber and just. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. That would be it's just, it's just such a cool effect and it looks so good in live action. Yeah, it's been. I mean, and now it's been like in three different storylines of star wars so the fact that we finally got it in live action was awesome like it was very cool to see and it literally looks like they just took it from clone wars and just copied and pasted it in those hands and i and it and it works i don't know why but it works it works so well that i was walking through target the other day and i saw like a toy dark saber and i sat there for 20 minutes and stared at it and i was like (laughs) "Hmm, i really think i need to buy this i didn't end up buying it but I may Target can be it. dangerous, man. Target can be very dangerous. I know. Well, especially when your wife uh, runs one, and you're in oh, there you three times a week. So <laughs> it'd be very enough. dangerous. And you get a you get a ten percent discount. I remember. I used to work at Target in in high school. I remember those days. Oh yeah, you're you're one of the employees. My wife completely totally complains about on a daily basis. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I was. Oh man. I mean, I'm sure this man, Beth Cassini. I'm sure she does not have fond stories to tell about me. I was definitely a headache. You know what? Knowing how much my wife gets paid, they can handle it. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that is good. That is a very good thing. She's so, definitely yeah. the breadwinner in this family. Let's just say that. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, no. Uh, let me think. Anything else? Star Wars? Hmm. I don't know. It's okay. It's all you. Wait, we got we got anything to talk about the Batman? Like I am so pumped for Reeves' Batman. Like I Oh I, mean, I really, yeah. really want to see what that guy brings. Um and uh I, I just can't wait to kind of see more from that film. And I'm so devastated that we're gonna have to wait till what, twenty is it twenty twenty two now? Uh yeah, yes it is. I mean I, me, I'm I'm pumped about the car. You know, like I've said this before numerous times, like I'm over tanks, the Tumblr and the Snydermobile, I consider tanks. So I'm like, it's cool that we get like this 1970s, almost Neil Adams like car in a live action film. I mean, Anton first will always be my first love, but this one looks really cool. I really do. Yeah. So when, when Reeves was writing the movie, when Reeves was writing the movie, um, I kept hearing like his inspirations were the Adam West Batman. And I think you can definitely see that in the car and the cowl. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I also heard that his, his, um, inspiration was long Halloween. I think we can definitely see that in the storyline that they're going with, uh, and the introduction of Falcone. And I did hear ego was kind of influential. And he he said that ego, he he himself said that ego was an influence. And I think that, I think that's more of an influence on, the kind of psychology of Batman as opposed yeah. to the overall, overall, overall story. But like mm-hmm. it, 
I, I could be wrong. I believe even in set photos, it was there were there were Halloween kind of set decorations around. That'd be like, cool. The I mean, the long stuff, Halloween so. is such an influential stuff. I mean, there's a lot of it in the Nolan movies, um, especially and Dark Knight. You know, I don't just, know if you know this, but Jeff Loeb was his screenwriting teacher. Really, I did not know that. That's cool. Yes. Look at that. Yeah, Full so circle. Right. And and even if you look at uh like when he first released images of Pattison and it had that like a red hue and the way yeah. that he kind of framed it, it was all very like uh dark victory. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a very good call. So um, I think Loeb is gonna have a lot of influence on him. And I I love that he he's pulling from from Dwayne Cook too, because man, that guy an icon in DC uh mythos and history. And I, I wish more people would and uh the Darwin? last frontier Darwin yeah, Cook. I'm yeah. sorry. That's oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, with it's, it's the last frontier, right? The new frontier. New frontier. New frontier is one of my favorite comic books and mm. one of my favorite anim- animated movies of all time. And I just love, love that aesthetic. I love the scene where Batman is like in all black and, and uh, he like scares the crap out of people. And yeah. then Superman sees him later and is like, well, what happened to the black? He's like, oh, that was too scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of my favorite parts of the animated film are when is when Batman confronts Martian Manhunter, and he's like, I've got like this two hundred thousand uh, dollar green rock for the one in Metropolis for you. I need a nickel for a book of matches, and I'm like, that's right. so Batman. That's amazing. Yeah, so I don't know if you know this as well. Justice League Mortal was based off Tower of Babel. Oh, really? Also, was also played on that idea that like, yeah, it was, essentially the plot was. Uh, Maxwell Lord got yeah. a hold of Batman's plans to do dismantle the Justice League mm-hmm. and enact them. And you get all those scenes. You get him setting Martian Manhunter on fire with uh, with the like inputable flame, and you get yeah. him uh, putting Aquaman in a bubble, right? Just something with Aquaman where he can't breathe. We saw it in Justice League Doom as well. Yeah, same thing. So again, that's another thing. uh, What what they'll kind of do is they'll kind of take those failed movie scripts and they'll give them to the animation department and say, "I'm still waiting for the uh, Superman Lives." Like I'm so curious as that. Like the you know the late great John Schnepp did that fantastic documentary. uh, Mm -hmm. You know the death of Superman Lives. What happened? And it's really cool getting to see you know other photos of you know, just Nick Cage in the suit. I know we mentioned him earlier, but because you always look at, you see that one photo that's always on the internet and he looks right. like he's half baked and everything, but to actually see him in the suit, I'm like, okay, I kind of, I kind of get what Burton was doing here. Like it was definitely out of the box thinking, but like, it, it's something I wish they would do animation wise. And like, you know, and even like Burton's Batman three, if he ever had like a solid idea for it, I'd love to see that animated as well. Right. I, I don't disagree with you. The, the 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 biggest thing I want to see them. So I I think Joker kind of set the stage for this, and I I would I would fund this movie in a heartbeat if I had, was a billionaire. I think they should just do Heart of Ice straight up. That should be like instead of doing a Joker two or whatever, just keep on with this like idea of like doing the villains and do Heart of Ice, and then have like mm-hmm. again Batman be this like sympathetic figure as opposed to like this like uh, or actually have him be the villain. You know what I mean? Have him be like. The villain to this guy who's like, I'm I'm just trying to save my wife, dude. Like, yeah, leave me alone. Like, stop. yeah. I mean, well, and, I remember hearing Michael Uslan talk about how the next, not the next, but like the, the project he would consider doing in a Joker-like fashion would be something related to Mister Freeze. So maybe that is something that's being discussed. I know he's talked about it publicly. A that little. is single-handedly the greatest episode of television I think I've seen to date. 
It's good. It's definitely the best animated show I've ever seen. I mean, I, I mean, I love The Sopranos, so like live action, I'll have to give it to them. But uh, it's definitely the best animated thing ever, in my opinion. You're biased. Uh, I 100% I'm Italian and I'm from New Jersey. See, I have, I have, uh, <laughs> I have ice cold, I have ice cold veins. So I mean, I, maybe I'm a little biased. <laughs> there you go. As long as you own your bias proudly, that's all we can ask, right? No, I'm with Pete. It's Sopranos or Game of Thrones or. I don't know. Game of talking about, I'm not talking about. I've never seen one episode of Game. Don't of hate my show. I like Game of Thrones. I just think that I don't know what happened that last season, but everyone uh, hated it. It's it was so funny watching other people melt down that weren't DC fans. They, it's like, oh, this is great. They no, because <laughs> I agree with Casey there. Like they, they, it should have been a full season. First of all, mm-hmm. I don't know why they cut it. And then, um, yeah, just like there was no. They, you knew they were rushing to finish it, so that's what every episode felt like. Okay, and yeah, yeah it was just I, you know. I think their budget caught up with them, to be honest. And I think, uh, like I said, after the like Arya kills the Night King episode, it just kind of like took a dive off the biggest cliff. Like, I, and, <laughs> and I understand where they're going, and I, I, I did see them. Like, I understand. Like, yes, Daenerys was eventually going to become the villain, and you guys were choreographing that, but you guys like just race to the finish line for that spec. And I don't think you let, you let, you let it breathe. And I think that's what was that, what made game of Thrones so good in the prior seasons. It's like, you would set up these things and then you let them breathe. And at that point you just, you kill the night King and then Daenerys is the bad guy. And then we're done. <laughs> it's like, I don't like what happened here. And it appears that though, that, Cost Benioff and Weiss their Star Wars movie or show or whatever they were going to do. Yeah, I I, I think I'll, it was more than that. Considering the, those guys have not put, done anything really I'm since. Just, like, exactly, like you, they were supposed to do this, and then that we got the end of Game of Thrones, and then I I think it was like a few months later we heard they weren't doing any the Star Wars anymore. Well, they, they had that weird like uh, alternate reality like Civil War show too that got killed. Mm-hmm. And they had, and they had, they have now they have this giant deal at Netflix. But have we heard? No, or seen anything like from that? No, so I don't, no. I don't know what these guys are doing. I don't either. I have no idea. But uh, I hope, I hope we get more. Maybe not from them, but I want more Star Wars stuff. But that's a whole another show. I keep yeah, telling I, people to do a Star Wars show eventually. I honestly totally think Star should. Wars works best in the episodic medium, and I really hope. And it sounds like that they are kind of like leaning towards that. Yeah. I really hope that they kind of just do that and maybe put the movie stuff to the side for a while. Because again, I, I ninety, I think Taika's film is going to be on Disney Plus. I'm not sure that's going to be a theatrical thing. And I, weird. and who knows what rain, what what's up with the rain's uh, movie? Yeah, well, I feel like he kind of got shafted there, didn't he? Yeah, which is weird because I think the Last Jedi is amazing. I liked Last Jedi. I didn't have a problem with it. But. Yeah. I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. Well, that's the thing. If you're not a huge Star Wars guy, those are more of the people who who love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars guy, and I love it. But if they, it, like, if you talk to people outside who's like, "Oh, I just went the casual Star Wars fans," that movie seems to be one that they generally like. Um, yeah, and then so. I think, like I said, I saw I saw the Force Awakens at a press screening, <laughs> and I took my poor wife. And uh, the mood after that thing was of someone's dog getting shot in front of everybody. Oh, jeez! It was just like, what happened? And I, I feel like the lot of the problems with the Force Awakens. It was, a, or not? Well, not the Force. Uh, 
Rise of Skywalker, I'm sorry. The problems with the Rise of Skywalker was they were just retro acting based off fan reaction mm-hmm. and not keeping pace with the story that Rain had set up. And I think that was immediately their downfall. Because um, I really like the idea. And it's a, it goes back to being Spider-Man, right? Like, anyone can be Spider-Man. Anyone can be a Jedi. Like, get away from the god dang Skywalkers. We've, we know who they are. Stop it. Stop. But that... What? But that's what this was. This was the end of the Star- the Skywalker saga. So that's what this she, was. But then she says at the end of the movie, "Oh, oh, my name's Ray Skywalker." She does say that? Go, go f yourself, Ray. We just come up with something else. <laughs> like I really like. I like the idea of Rain's movie ending with the like the little boy who like discovers like he has the Force in him. See, this like, is funny. This is actually very funny because you are on that side of the spectrum, and I know plenty of people on your side of the spectrum. And then there's a whole other side of the spectrum of people I'm very good friends with who hate that little boy. They hate everything that happened in The Last Jedi. They do not think it's a true Star Wars film. And I'm I'm kind of in the middle. I like The Rise of Skywalker. I don't think it was the best movie, but and I don't and I'm I'm of this mind. If you went in because you heard all this stuff about it thinking, okay, they're gonna retcon the last Jedi, then that's what you got. That's how I look at it. Mm-hmm. I went in just saying, you know what? This is a movie I'm going to go see. I've loved this franchise since I'm a little boy. I'm going to go watch it and just enjoy it because I know this possibly could be the last Star Wars movie I'm getting for a long time. So I did that. And yeah, I have parts. I have issues with parts of it. There's definitely some of the movie that I'm kind of like, eh, you know, like the whole Chewbacca thing. Like they did it way too fast when you realized he wasn't dead. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, I know. I- when that happened, I was like, "There's no." He was on the other transport. Duh! Like, I, what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? Didn't keep the suspense long enough for you to care. That's the it, point. Like, the thing is, like, the Knights of Ren is such a cool idea, and they did it so well in the comic books, and then they just become like wasted in that movie. And it's like, oh, man, be, come yes. on. Come yep. On. No. JJ? So, yeah. There's a lot of, and again, I don't know how um, restricted he might have been. Or, or time wise, like did they did he want to do a longer film? And they were like, no, we got to keep it. Whatever. Um, I don't know, but uh, it's one of that. It's really weird to listen to people talk about that movie because, again, like I said, there's when you when I do the arc from the, the whole sequel trilogy, and I talk to some people, and they're like, oh, you know, it just wasn't for me, and they bring up the same beats that you're kind of bringing up. And then you have the other people on the other side who are just like, no, I loved it. I understand it from beginning to end. I knew where they were going. And it's just kind of a weird... I like listening to both sides because I kind of figure I'm in the middle somewhere. So. Yeah, let me get you straight. I am not invested and I really don't care that much. Mm-hmm. Whatever. They're just movies. And, and like uh, we mentioned earlier, like movies come and go. Like There's going to be a thousand more movies. And there's going to be a thousand more Star Wars movies. And I'm 35 and I'll probably live to at least 60, maybe. And... Uh, <laughs> Maybe. It's short there. <laughs> well, I do a lot of drugs, guys. So, <laughs> um, so no, I like kidding. to party hard. I, I'm just kidding. Oh, I wish. Um, but I, uh, it's, I, I don't, I, I just don't really care that much. And I, I, just like comic books, like we're gonna redo this again in five or ten years, like, anyway. So it doesn't really matter all that much. Like just enjoy right. what you have and move on. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I, I do think Star Wars has kind of been its best recently, especially with the Mandalorian and it, it really just needs yep. to stop with the Skywalker stuff. Like, we're the done final with that. of, of, um, the Clone Wars too was very good. 
Yeah, uh, I agree. And that, that's, yeah. I, I think Filoni is kind of the future of Star Wars, and I think they should just make him the Kevin Feige of Star Wars. And I think everyone would kind of be on board with that, uh, non-fans and fans alike, because I think everyone kind of agrees that Filoni is kind of a Star Wars god at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think he's like, like the perfect blend of both worlds and then he's got like the lucas connection and he respects that but he also has a a vision of what he wants to do and he's going there so you i know think my you favorite thing is and this because i just hate fandom so much and i just love when they get owned i love seeing lucas on the set of mandalorian i love it yeah and because all the time all these dudes are like oh lucas would hate this oh god lucas would just die if he saw this oh, i can't believe you guys are just tainting lucas's legacy with this mandalorian and favreau and filoni and then lucas is on the set like coddling the baby and like a giant smile on his face i just like yes you <laughs> morons like, shut up like, you're so over your moronic taste on this crap Got like lucas, he gets his check he's more than happy <laughs> yeah and, and i think it also recently came out that like uh lucas like kind of let loose like his like ideas that he would have had for what uh, seven eight and nine right mm-hmm. and one of them was like to make Luke like a hermit on like an island or something that he would be kind of segregated and have like the same issues he had in Last Jedi, and it's like, <laughs> see, see, dude, it's like you you don't know as much as I think you do. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure he's one of the first people that hears any idea. Like, I'm pretty sure they say, "Hey, oh. this is by George," you know, just. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sure Filoni like has hit that dude on speed dial. It's just like, hey, we're doing this. What do you think? And I'm sure George's like, well, I'm, I think that's a good idea, Dave. I really like what you're doing here. And his nice, soft tone, his very soft voice. Yeah. Well, thanks, man, for going down to Star the Star Wars lane with me. I mean, yeah, I, enjoy like I, said, I can talk about anything. You want to talk about Thanksgiving now too? How much it sucks? Now, yes. Now let's we'll end with that. So okay. Thanksgiving sucks. Everybody just stop with Thanksgiving. It's a pointless holiday. It's based on historical inaccuracies at the wazoo. Um, the Indians who actually had Thanksgiving with the pilgrims probably murdered them afterwards and ate them. So they probably had more of a pilgrim thing, uh, pilgrims for Thanksgiving as of pilgrims as guests for Thanksgiving. Um, and yeah, I think turkey's crap. Uh, stuffing is disgusting. And um, pumpkin pie is really the only thing good out of Thanksgiving. Oh, and family's terrible. So, <laughs> what else is there? Why are we fighting for Thanksgiving? Okay. Really quick disclaimer: the opinions just shared by Casey do not the opinions of me or Pete. I think could because yeah, I genuinely <laughs> love both turkey and stuffing. So this is like, dude, just shot in the heart. Listen, okay. So I, I, I don't want to brag a little bit, but I am a excellent cook like i've i make every meal for my family i make most stuff from scratch i can make almost anything i despise turkey it is a terrible food we okay. only eat it at thanksgiving because it's tradition if we were smart and actually liked our taste buds we would all start eating prime rib for thanksgiving we discussed this we did on twitter and yes and uh i love turkey necks they're like that's my favorite part of the turkey you're disgusting Get it. What, what's happening here <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> um so yeah i just i man i we, we as a country we need to move past thanksgiving and just start celebrating christmas twice well why can't we just do like i said I, like i said the other day you don't have to have turkey you can eat whatever you want i, I agree with the you cook, here's yeah. the problem i Here's a good thing problem i have with my wife so we have a discussion and a therapy I have session, everyone though. I have everyone in the family room. I'm like, all right, everybody, 
I'm cooking. You all know you aren't, you aren't cooking anything. I'm cooking it. So I want to make prime rib. And my daughter's like, yeah, let's do prime rib. And my wife's like, oh, you know, it's not really a tradition to have prime rib at Thanksgiving. I'm like, Tra- tradition? Like, who cares? We all agree that prime rib is better, right? And my, my 10-year-old daughter's like, yeah, let's do prime rib. Prime rib is so good. And my wife's like, yeah, but it's not really t- Thanksgiving without, without, uh, without turkey, Casey. It's not, just, it's not the same. And I'm like, who cares about the turkey? Like, what, do you hate your taste buds? Do you hate your stomach? Like, why are we so like on a giant bird that we would never touch any other day of the year? Like, who it is, is an ugly animal? I'll give you that. It is a hideous. Who in, have you ever met a turkey in real life? They're horrid <laughs> creatures. They are. They're they're masochists, and they hate human beings. They are. I, I, yeah. I, they like they roam free in like the Bay Area around where uh, a few miles from my house, and I used to have to go to like colleges for my job and like recruit people, and I would battle turkeys. Like I would have to like <laughs> shoo turkeys off like grassy knolls and like chase them around oh, so they wouldn't like torment me. So I have <coughs> I have a I have a hate for turkey. Wow. Have, have you had fried turkey? Yes, my my parents fry. They would fry a turkey every year. We're not going over there, so I had to. I don't have a turkey fryer, and I'm not about to set my house on fire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think I think you fry a turkey is it is better. But still, if we're if we're if if we're only beholden to the turkey because of tradition, let's get rid of it. It's a pointless tradition. Let's insert something good, like a prime rib, or like I don't know. Let's give everybody a ribeye steak. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Like to get rid of the turkey. You I, keep your stuffing. Keep your mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes are great. I love mashed potatoes. Keep your mac and cheese. I love mac and cheese. I know um, most um, uh, white households don't make mac and cheese. I would suggest you guys start. Mac and cheese is fantastic. <laughs> um, but like the turkey's got to go, everybody. The turkey has got to go. It's That's not – and cool. ham, get your ham out of here. Ham is not good either. Get your honey glazed ham out of here. If you have to put honey and sugar on shit, it's not good. You're just you're you're masking bad flavor with sugar and good flavor. It's bad stuff. Prime rib, red meat, uh, a nice look at a big chicken. They, they make large chickens get big now. They fill them full of hormones and and antibiotics and all the all the all the good stuff. Like you can get a nice nice chicken or get two chickens. I don't care. Chicken or prime rib, that's it. I, I, get rid of the I, turkeys. I told you guys he was full of hot takes, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> I'm, partnering, I'm partnering every turkey. Every turkey from here on out for the end of time is now pardoned by me. You're not allowed to kill another turkey. If you do, it's a sin against God. Okay. Well, if you're not religious. It's a sin against Satan. It's a sin against. Uh, uh, it's a it's a sin against every god, every religion. It's a sin uh, for atheists. It's a it's a sin for society. It's, it's a sin This is natural law, and you, you've got to cover it covered. It covers everything. Yeah, like, Peter's on my side here, everybody. I don't know if I'm on your side, but you're more than welcome to your opinion. Yes, <laughs> not Peter. Pita. Pita. That works. Either one works. Ed. Well, that was awesome, man, and thank you for coming on. This was a good time. Yes. Anytime. Anytime you, you guys have... want to take down Thanksgiving, I'm here for you. 
Next time we'll have Casey and his opinions on Christmas, but that's next time. We'll wait for that. Oh my god, my house is already fully decorated for Christmas, and I like <laughs> fought tooth and nail because I just yeah, I like Christmas starts December first. Everybody, let's not like get crazy. Okay. Well, we, again, that's the next show. Next time Casey's on, we will have a you, Christmas discussion. You guys are gonna get so many complaints. You're never gonna have me back on the show. <laughs> as long as they listen and download, I don't care what they say. Yep, that's it. <laughs> So anything you want to tell us about, you want to plug before we go? I have nothing to plug. Go to okay. GWW.com. Uh, check out my writers and my staff. They do amazing work. Um, don't follow me on Twitter. I don't need any more harassment. <laughs> from That's a first. I have enough followers. I was waiting for that. Yes. I was waiting for the Twitter, the socials to see what he said. And you did not disappoint. Cause that's uh, what if I you want to, I'm at the comics kid. That's the C O M I X kid. Um, I know it's stupid. I, I hate it too. Uh, other than that, like I, yeah, I'm an, I'm a moron. I'm an asshole. I don't expect <laughs> me to be nice to you. Um, if you want to talk to me, I'll, I'm happy to have a discussion, but if you're just going to start blabbing about nonsense, I'm just going to, I don't have, I don't suffer fools. So that this is your fair warning. Uh, I am not shy about it at all. I'm not afraid to call myself a, uh, a not nice person. I don't have any <laughs> obligation to be nice to you. I have no, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I, it's not going to affect my life at all. So if you're expecting me to like be sunshines and rainbows all the time, you're going to be sorely disappointed. It's mostly rain clouds and lightning around my parts. Um, and that's, that's pretty much it. Fair enough. All right. Fair, Fair enough. enough. Pete. Uh, you can follow me on all forms of social media at Pete Illustrated. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Zack Snyder's favorite Vero. Please follow our show page uh, at straight underscore O underscore G on both Twitter and Instagram, as well as the Straight Out of Gotham Facebook group and the Straight Out of Gotham Facebook fan page. And for me, you guys can follow me on Twitter at finally33. It's spelled finale33. Same on Instagram. Again, as Pete said, follow us on Facebook as well. Sure to take a listen to our last podcast. We had an interview with Brian Edward Hill, which was pretty damn awesome. So if you guys haven't downloaded that yet, go back and listen to that one. And for Casey Walsh and Peter Vera, I am Eric Holzman. You are listening to Straight Outta Gotham, and we'll see you next time. Booyah. <laughs>